This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. I'm so glad you tuned in. You're going to meet a sweet health coach who can guide you through a weight loss journey, if you need that. Her name is Nan DeGroat, and she wants to get to work with gentle kindness. But it's kids first here today as we check in with the creators of ZenZone Sensory Gym, a progressively designed indoor play and learning space that inspires everyone in the family to truly be present and tune into their senses while they have fun. It is especially healing for those who process the world atypically. And what I love about this story is that two women who did not know each other had the same dream in their heart. It's as if the universe moved all the puzzle pieces to bring them together and create this special environment for children to learn how to breathe and to tap into their senses or to use their mind in a place that caters to what they need. So important for so many kids today. Melissa Wassell had this dream in her heart for 20 years, and then she met Margie Ferris. Melissa and I both had a vision about 20 years ago. She, because of personal connections to sensory processing, me because of a professional connection, and we just knew, and we didn't even we didn't even know each other 20 years ago. We just independently had this vision of this space. We met a little over 10 years ago and did not even talk about this till about five years ago. It was one of those weird alignments that I think just needed to happen. And when we finally realized we both wanted to open a mindful sensory play space, we got scared and we didn't do it. Um, we said, when we turn 50, we'll do it. And we turned 50 last year and we kept our promise to ourselves, basically. Wow. So you met as friends and you both had the same dream in your heart and then you didn't even talk about it. You, you, you came across it after five years and it freaked you out. That would freak me out. Too. Yeah, and we actually met as co-workers. I'm a speech pathologist. I'm a speech-language pathologist, and she's a preschool teacher and director, and I moved to Westchester County, and my first speech student was at her school, and that's how we met. I've worked in preschools from Brooklyn to Putnam County for 25 years, and when I met her and the way she works, it just clicked. But We just felt the same way about how to help kids get grounded and focused and have fun and learn. Yeah, and And we live in a world right now where kids need to get grounded and focused because they can't learn otherwise. Exactly. And when you incorporate mindfulness and sensory approaches, that's what we find to get kids the most grounded and focused and ready to learn. What the heck is going on over there at the Zen Zone? What are you doing with kids? Okay, so we have basically four components to Zen Zone. There's open gym in two-hour blocks. Parents, caregivers come and play with their child in our gym space for two hours at a time. We also have birthday parties. We like to call them mindful birthday parties. There are mindful moments required of everyone before they enter our gym space, which might just be listening to a singing bowl or a rain stick, just a little present moment before you move on to the next thing. How is your open gym different than going to, you know, I don't know, Planet Fitness or something? 
our open gym is different because you're immediately walking into a very mindfully, progressively designed space. We have organic essential oils diffusing. We have blue sky and white cloud lights over your head. We have very soft, soothing colors in our scheme, kind of bringing the outside in. Looks like trees and grass. When you're in our space, we have a very thoughtfully put together music list that's playing, very soft music. So it's unlike most indoor playgrounds that are big, red, loud. We're very zen. (laughs) And do the kids react to it right away? I mean, I guess the the kids, the way they play, they're still going to get loud, aren't they? Yeah, we want them to have a great time. We just want them to be present while they're doing it, not to be mindless and out of control. Of course, there's going to be moments that happen like that. What's different about us also is that I have a background in speech pathology. My partner has a background in teaching and education, and we, we know strategies to help parents with their kids to help them get grounded and focused again. So sometimes we do mindful moments throughout, but absolutely the energy of the space is set up that kids tend to be a bit more grounded and focused and kind to each other as they play. Hmm. Uh, we, we have a lot of families say to us, they, they love it here, they don't want to leave, they fall asleep in the car. Over the summer, they said, you want to go swimming? Like, no, I want to go to Zen Zone. Like, just amazing feedback of how kids feel good in this space. Sometimes yeah. halfway through a session, a kid will come over to me with what we call the breathing ball and just want to take a mindful moment and go ask for it. All right. What happens um, with the breathing ball? How do I play with this? <laughs> it's actually a Hoberman sphere. It's like a little interconnected, colorful plastic ball that you literally can expand and contract in your hands. Sure, I've so seen we those. Just, we have a little mini one. Basically, you breathe in. As it expands, you breathe out as we collapse it. And so we do three breaths before you enter. Or, again, these kids will run over and like, will you do the breathing ball with me? I'm like, absolutely. It's only going to help me calm down, too, you know? Wow. It's, it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> we welcome kids of all abilities and all ages. As long as they want to be here, we're good. Mm-hmm. So we've had two-month-old. We've had 13-years-old. Uh, we've had kids that are neurotypical, kids who are neurodiverse on the autistic spectrum, cerebral palsy. Any Anyone is welcome here as long as it feels like it's going to be a safe, fun space for them. Neurotypical yeah. and neurodiverse, meaning? But, well, all kinds of neurodiversity. Anyone's brain who isn't typical. If you don't learn the way that most schools, for example, in America teach, you know, usually is a neurodiverse kind of kid. Kids on the autistic spectrum are neurodiverse, but it's for any kid who doesn't learn in the traditional way. Yeah, and, and for kids who do. We and for kids, kids who do. Exactly. Kids of all abilities. Do I have monkey bars? What am I playing with when I get there? Mini trampoline. You have what's called a jungle jumperoo, which adults can jump on with their kids. We have an indoor tricycle track with some plasma wiggle cars that adults can also go on. We really tried to get things with adult weight limits because everything is so fun. The life zone, where you can play dress up and ride your tricycle to the gas station and go to the ice cream truck just to represent life. Kids love to do that. We have two indoor freestanding swing frames, and we have about eight swings that we switch in and out. Occupational therapists in particular, but physical therapists too, often work with these swings to improve sensory processing, to improve vestibular processing. And so we consulted with PTs and OTs for our equipment choices. Swings. So again, swings. All these, swing, yeah. how, how do swings help kids? The movement affects the fluid in the inner ear, affects balance. And when you feel balanced, you're going to be able to focus. That's one way. But honestly, physical and occupational therapists can explain that piece of it better than me. We just know it works. So we consulted the experts on our equipment choices. And we do actually have private physical, occupational, and speech therapy here, too. Oh. And a ton of 
kind of enrichment groups like music and yoga, etc. But back in the gym space, so you have all these fun swings that everybody enjoys. And again, a lot of our swings, adult weight limits, but are also beneficial for some kids who really literally need that movement to organize their brain. Right. We have Little Zone, which is like infant, toddler, soft play, a lot of foam, kind of climby stuff, which is really fun, and a little mini roller coaster. And then the room I'm in right now, Multi-Zone, and it has kinetic sand, which basically is like sand with cornstarch, so it clumps. Again, being a sensory gym, some kids seek sensory input, some kids avoid it. Kinetic sand is just something that if a kid is a seeker, he's going to squeeze it, she's going to squeeze it, they're going to squeeze it, and they're going to calm down. Some kids who are not really affected by touch, you squeeze something like that that has a texture, it can be alerting in a good way. Like, oh, I can focus because I have something different happening in my hands. All these sensory textures affect kids in different ways. We want to find equipment and toys and textures that help low arousal kids get alerted and focused and high arousal kids calm down so they can focus. Very, very cool. So you've got occupational, physical therapy, speech therapy there, and just a whole lot of of fun. What kind of success stories are you seeing? Well, actually, the one that pops up right now is a family that just walked in the door a few minutes ago. This mom with her little girl who's just around one, she came in and said, she's so attached to me. Can you help me with that? I spent a lot of time with them their first session just practicing separation, healthy space, healthy separation between mom and child. And by the end of the two hours, this little girl was sitting in my lap laughing. And that's a unique piece of what we do here. We're not just go play. We're we're involved. We had another family. A dad came in with his three-year-old and said, we just got a bunch of evaluation. We don't know what they mean. We have a meeting coming up. And that was great timing because Melissa and I are all about it. We just said, send us the reports if you're comfortable with that. We'll read through and sit down with you and guide you as to what you can ask for at the meeting so you feel educated and you know what your child needs and you advocate for it. Are you thinking of franchising? Are you thinking of like building more? Building yeah, people out. keep saying this to us. Yeah, that's absolutely a vision we have. I don't know if you've ever heard of SCORE. It's like a nationwide organization of retired CEOs and yes. accountants. So we have a SCORE mentor. He's with us for the life of the business, and he sits down with us, and he keeps saying, let me know when you're ready to start talking about your second location. This is wonderful, and it's what kids need. Yeah. It's what many kids need. You know, I think yeah. I think everybody listening knows a kid who's has anxiety or depression or uh, mm-hmm. processes things differently. I don't know how kids got different, but, <laughs> but something right? happened somewhere, or maybe we just didn't notice before. I don't know. What do you think? It's hard to say. I'll, I'll be honest. I um, sometimes feel like this, this neurodiversity is almost like an evolutionary step, mm-hmm. if you will. Sometimes these kids are so incredibly bright, they just don't function the same way as we do. More often, if we stay out of their way, they will show us the gifts they have, and usually the gifts they have are extraordinary, whether it's intelligence or artistic qualities. It's, I'm blown away by these kids who seem to need our help so much, but I think we really need to flip that sometimes and be like, they have so much to offer us and teach us, and we need to keep that open, that back and forth exchange. Well, that's a brilliant way to look at it, that this is an evolutionary leap that we're witnessing. Yeah, I think that's highly possible. Kids processing the world differently. Especially in America and society today, everything's so overstimulating, and so often schools teach in one way. Right. And there's just so many other ways to learn and teach. Yeah. And we're trying to tap into that with mindfulness and sensory processing for sure. I know this has been going on for a while, but when I think of weddings, weddings for like the last many decades, when they announce the bride and groom, it's like they're announcing a championship football team. (laughs) 
you know, with lights and screaming and music and it's like, yeah. well, can can we just get peaceful and mindful? But every everything we do seems to be to the highest realm. It's nice right, that extreme, yeah, extreme. <laughs> everything yeah. is extreme. I mean, even like the Doritos chips that you can get that are like flaming. <laughs> like, can we yeah. just like Taylor yeah. Swift? You know, you need to calm down. Exactly. Um, so, you know, oh, but that reminds me actually, because some families will come in and say, "Do they need to be quiet here?" I'm like, absolutely not. You can be present and be quiet and still, and you can be present and be moving around. We call it mindfulness in motion. Absolutely. If kids are squealing with joy, that is so present. And we completely welcome that. Margie Ferris and Melissa Wassel welcome you and your family to Zen Zone Gym in Croton in New York. A great idea to put minds at ease, create joy, and maybe, and you could be witnessing an evolutionary leap. Visit zenzonegym.com. They do a lot of cool things like sound healing and lots of workshops for the whole family, so check that out. Now, I love the part about how the two of them had the same dream in their heart and they didn't know it until years after they met. Pretty cool and a little bit freaky, but then it came together so beautifully. So I know I told you I opened a food pantry in January, but I don't think I told you how that happened. So I'm gonna share that story with you now. In December, my kitten jumped over the fence into the neighbor's yard. And the neighbors have a great big yard that goes back into the woods. So I went into the neighbor's yard, walked across this beautiful expanse of lawn under a bright blue sky. Now when I'm out in nature, I'm usually with three dogs on leashes. And here I was, I found myself in nature with with no dogs. I was just me with nature. I literally looked at my hands, like the palms and then the backs, like you're not holding leashes. (laughs) And I looked up at the sky. Every breath of this story is so true. I looked up at the sky and said, hi God, and I waved. Because you know, that's me. Um, And then quickly, I looked up again and said, need me to do anything? And the feeling I got back loud and clear, do all the good you can. And I kind of gave a nod and a thumbs up to the sky. If you had been peeking out my neighbor's window, you would have witnessed this, this December afternoon. I scooped up my kitten, went back in the house, and picked up the phone and called my sister Maria. Do you think we should open a food pantry at Mount Carmel Hall? And she said, yes, that's a great idea. Which is so strange because my sister says no often, especially to me. And then I reached out to Mount Carmel Hall and I said, hey, could I open a food pantry? And they were like, absolutely, do it right away. That's a great idea. And it was in that moment that I thought, yeah, where did I get this idea? I've never talked about a food pantry before. I know nothing about food pantries. I didn't know anyone in need of a food pantry, actually. But I felt, I don't know, like calmly possessed. Like this idea had a hold on me and all I had to do was keep moving forward. So I made a Facebook post that said, uh, pack the pantry, January 1st. January 1st, people showed up, dozens and dozens of families with huge bags of groceries. We had a mountain of food in two hours. And I literally stood in the corner and just sort of um, cried. <laughs> a happy cry because I was overwhelmed at that point because like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this food. <laughs> five female volunteers stayed behind that day. It wasn't planned, just five random women. And they actually had a huge fight. They all had an idea about what to do with the food, how to divide it, how to store it, whatever. And my sister and I just kept dusting things because we didn't know. We didn't know. They figured it out. These five women figured it out. They sorted out the pantry. And we started opening every other Saturday. Pantry's going great. Every time somebody comes into the pantry that's new, what do they say? This is such a great idea. What do I say? I know, but it kind of wasn't my idea. 
Like, honestly, I don't know where this idea came from. So Feeding Westchester reached out to us at the pantry. Would you like to be partnered with Feeding Westchester, the huge umbrella group that feeds Westchester? We say, yes, of course. You know, we can improve our resources by teaming up with Feeding Westchester. So we go down there for training, one of the volunteers and I, and we met with four different women, Denise, Therese, Monique, and finally, Cora. And they each gave demonstrations and trained us how Feeding Westchester works and how we would order online and things like that. Cora was the last person to go. She finished her presentation. She put down her pen and said, on a personal note, I would like to thank you for opening up this pantry. She says, you know, I, I live very nearby Mount Carmel Hall, and I walk past it every weekend, and I just pray and hope somebody would open a food pantry there. She says, I could imagine, in my prayers, I could imagine the feeding Westchester truck in the driveway of Mount Carmel Hall. And I said, well, thank you, Cora, you have solved the mystery. This was your idea. So this month, we are collecting coats at the food pantry to give out in the colder weather. We have a closet that we're storing them all in, and it's called Cora's Closet. That was my idea. Think about that, that idea may exist as an entity just looking for a host to bring it to fruition. I knew I was meant to do this, and I didn't know why. Out of the blue, literally out of the blue sky, I was standing under that December day. Anyway, just wanted to tell you that story. Puzzle pieces being moved around. We're going to help with the weight loss puzzle piece and get a little inspiration next. At CBD Live Natural, their goal is to bring their customers the best all-natural products. There is a solution to change your quality of life that will help you live naturally without prescription drugs, which means you'll feel your best. CBD aids with health issues from fibromyalgia to anxiety, joint pain and eczema, acne, and so much more. The staff at CBD Live Natural really know their products, which helps them determine what's best for you, from oils and lotions and creams to candles, edibles, and even pet products. At CBD Live Natural, they don't just sell the products, they're consumers just like you. So you can trust them to recommend the best all-natural products to help you live natural and feel great doing it. CBD Live Natural stores can be found in Bedford Hills, the Westchester Mall in White Plains, and the Stanford Town Center in Stanford, Connecticut. Or you could shop online at their website anytime. CBDLiveNatural.com Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for listening to Shine On today. Do you owe your body an apology? Maybe write your body an apology letter? If you have a weight issue, you may want to do that. Nan DeGroat is here. She's a health coach who created Breakthrough M2. For many years, I had always looked at my body as just getting in the way. I've looked at it as annoying. I've looked at my stretch marks, my spider veins, my cellulite, just completely frustrated. And then, and I've been in a, also too, I've had a lot of back pain. I had Lyme disease at one point, you know, so I just always seen my body as just such an obstacle. The disdain that I had for why is this happening? Why isn't, why isn't my body just working with me? What's wrong with me? You know, that whole mental thing that I was getting into was was really adding up. I mean, I've lost significant amount of weight, you know, doing the program that I sell, but I lost the 50 pounds. And then it was a couple years ago, I was in a conference and I was at a hotel room and I came out and I looked at, it was a full length mirror and I was totally naked. I'm like, oh. Those hotel room mirrors can ruin 
everything <laughs> between the lighting and the mirrors. They seem to be magnified. Yeah. And I saw myself like in full, totally naked. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. And then I started down that road again with like looking at everything with this look on my face like, ooh, you know. And, and all of a sudden I just stopped and I'm like, oh my God, that body has been through three children, mm-hmm. Lyme disease. You know, I went to college full time while waitressing and being a mother. I mean, bed at 12, up at six, tons of stress all the time, not not doing things to help relieve my stress, eating on the run, not drinking enough water. I mean, so all this stuff just came to me. I'm like, you know what? This body is still getting me out of bed. This body is still showing up. And all I'm doing is picking on it. <laughs> and putting it down and beating it up. Yes, yes. And you know what? It really, that moment changed me when I when I realized how much I had been just being so negative about me, my body, everything else. I'm like, wow, that is so unfair. Not only that, but where do, where do I go mentally, right? I mean, if I, that's how I'm starting off my day in the mirror like that in the morning, where do I go mentally the rest of the day? Yeah, it's going to be a long, hard climb yeah. upwards. Yeah. <laughs> that was a huge aha moment for me. And really, I mean, what I'm looking to do with, with my clients is to really kind of build that whole body, mind, spirit thing. Yes, we all want to lose the weight. Yes, we want to be thinner and healthier. And absolutely. But at the same time, if we don't change that mental place, that attitude that we have about who we are and the value that we bring to this planet, and we're going to put ourselves right back in that same mental funk. Sure. And that is exactly how you gain the weight in the first place. It all starts in your head. <laughs> it's funny. I have a Facebook page, many of my listeners know, called A Circle of Women. Mm. And I posted on it today a picture of a minion, you know, from the Disney yeah. films. Yeah. And I said, the next time your voice, that little voice in your head some, says something mean to you, make it sound like a minion and all the women really related to it like yes because we all have that little voice in our head that says the negative things Mm -hmm. and sometimes when you catch that and just change the tone of the voice yeah you can change the tone of your day so you came in your uh, blog spot to write a letter to your body tell us about that an apology yeah I did I really went through all the things that I had thought about as far as the stuff that I've done over the years you know I mean like I said in there, hey, you know what? I drink once in a while. You know, I eat out once in a while. I have processed foods once in a while. You know, I might not get to bed on time once in a while, whatever. And I just listed a bunch of things. But when you look at it all, it, it's not once in a while. If you're oh. doing all those things, Something they add up. All the time. <laughs> Something's right. happening all the time. <laughs> you know, I had to really take a look at, wait a second, I've done things you know, over the years, I've treated my body poorly. I haven't taken care of my body consistently. I had to really say to myself, first of all, I had to forgive myself for allowing that to happen. You know, all those shoulda, woulda, coulda things that we all do in our heads. That was the first thing I really had to do was, was forgive myself and then just kind of state out loud, body, please forgive me for not listening to you. I mean, if my body couldn't scream any louder, aches and pains and and the things that happen in the body. And meanwhile, we're not listening. We're just chalking it up to whatever and just keep pushing through, pushing through. And meanwhile, your body's trying to tell you something. We don't see it because we are busy and we are, we're not paying attention. We're not aware of things sometimes, a lot of times actually. But yeah, in that blog, I really did take some time to apologize and say, I didn't always exercise. I I still don't, right? Mm -hmm. I don't always do the things that I 
need to do consistently, and yet you're still showing up for me. That's the change I really had to take. So tell people how you can help them with uh, Breakthrough M2. Yeah, Breakthrough M2. Um, it's my weight loss company. I started it eight years ago. I have a great website called BreakthroughM2.com, and they can go on there and click the Start Here button. They'll get a video and the down, you know, a free program preview of what we do and how we do it. They can call us as well. We can register them. We have I have live seminars. I have webinars every week as well. And is this for anybody across the nation, or for it just, is? Yeah, anybody anywhere. Yeah, half my clientele is not local. Our whole stand in the diet world is nobody wants to do a diet, and we're a diet company that wants people to stop dieting. Mm. I know that sounds weird, but me personally, I needed something structured. I needed to have um, a regiment that I could stick to that fit into my life, but I also wanted to make sure it was whole food, and it was food that I was preparing myself. So throughout the whole time that you know I was doing my own program, you know I was learning how to do healthy habits that I took with me after the diet was over. And that's something that I feel, but I think sometimes the fad diets really, they don't work in habits, like personal habits that people take with them. It's just, this is what I do right now, and then now it's over, and now I'm going to move on. And they didn't take any of that stuff with them. In order to be successful with us, you need to develop some healthy habits for yourself. You also need to put yourself first, which is a big deal, especially for women. I really feel that we're helping people develop personal habits that they take with them, and we're teaching them how to not have to diet ever again. Nan DeGroat, such a nice lady. She'll help you. Reach out to her at BreakthroughM2.com. Lots of stuff going on. I have a media night coming up for folks in Westchester and the Hudson Valley. If you have a business and you want to promote it, I want to help you. Go to Casey.co, K-A-C-E-Y.co. And I also have a couple of um, paint nights coming up at Mount Carmel Hall to help support the food pantry that Cora wanted me to open. Casey.co. Our thought for the day is from author Ayn Rand, who wrote Atlas Shrugged. Do not let your fire go out spark by irreplaceable spark in the hopeless swamps of the not quite, the not yet, and the not at all. Do not let the hero in your soul perish in lonely frustration for the life you deserved and have never been able to reach. The world you desire can be one. It exists. It is real. It is possible. It's yours. Shine on. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.